Welcome to the Subtle Reformation Podcast. We're so glad that you can join us. I'm one of the hosts, Ben. And I'm Stephen. And we're really glad that you've joined us to listen to us muse about formation and what it means for who and how we can be in this world. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Subtle Reformation podcast. Super great to have you guys um, joining with us. Uh, today, we're just going to spend a little bit of time kind of unpacking a little bit about who we are and uh, kind of what we are passionate about and what we're looking forward to uh, seeing happen uh, on this podcast. So I'll just obviously go first because I'm the one talking. Well, firstly, my name's Ben. Um, and I am joined on the Subtle Reformation podcast by Stephen. So Stephen, can you give us a little bit of a background on uh, who you are? Oh, dear Lord, where do you start, bro? <laughs> um, it's such a big uh, existential question, isn't it? Who am I? What makes me me? Yeah, um, so uh, my name is Stephen Said, and uh, the, the surname is actually uh, the most common Arabic surname in the world. It's the Arabic equivalent to Smith. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so there's, you know, one of the, I think the biggest port in the Mediterranean, Port Said, which is actually pronounced Port Said is in Egypt because it's a very common surname um, in Egypt, funnily enough. Um, but my parents are actually from the island nation of Malta. So they emigrated separately um, in the 60s and made their way to uh, Australia. Dad actually landed in Sydney first, but um, okay. for some reason he and his brothers decided to move to Melbourne. So I'm technically what they call a second generation migrant or um, migrant 2.0. Mm -hmm. uh, I have, uh, I wasn't planning on saying this. I actually have a published paper. It's my only published Oh, wow. That's cool. Work. Um, and it's about the, the migrant experience, well, the migrant 2.0 um, uh, experience, what it means to be the, the children of migrants. Um, just the other day, actually, I was invited to join, um, I don't know if you know, you'd know Surrender, the Surrender Conference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, um, they've started a, a, a racial reconciliation group um, just in the light of everything that's going on in the US at the moment. Oh, of course. Uh, and, and probably prior to that, and I was invited to be part of that. Um, and I was just reflecting, because uh, we had to introduce ourselves to the group. And I was just reflecting on the fact that um, uh, because my grandfather on my mother's side was half English, so I'm, what, that makes me what, one, one eighth English. Mm -hmm. um, I've, got about, I've got about 45 cousins on both sides. Um, wow. And um, there's only one other cousin who is taller than me. So two of us are tall, but all of the rest are actually typically Maltese, you know, short, stocky, yeah. um, swarthy, big gap between the front teeth. <laughs> um, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm one of the few who's tall. I'm one of the, I'm, I'm one of the very few who is thin. Um, and I was just reflecting on this Facebook group uh, yesterday as I was introducing myself that I've had this very strange experience in my life in that um, I've, I've experienced um, regularly um, the, the, the casual racism that they talk about in Australia and I've experienced racism firsthand 
But because of my strange genetic um, makeup, um, people can often think that I am an Aussie or a settler of Aussie. Yeah. And it's been fascinating being part of groups and social situations where I get to observe um, race, racial dynamics as an insider, you know, hearing sure. this group reflect on, you know, those Asians or those Muslims or those. Um, and then, um, and then when they realize that I'm not um, one of them, just watching the, the <laughs> dynamic turn. Yeah, of um, course. Yeah. So it's quite, uh, it's quite fascinating. Um, so that's been, that's been a really big part of my experience growing yeah. up. And one of the things about being second generation migrant, um, and this is what I reflected upon in my paper, because I was doing it as part of my research and my supervisor said, oh, you should, you should publish that. Mm. You know, there was a conference and you should publish that. Um, but yeah, I was just reflecting upon, I wasn't born in Malta. I know a lot about it. I've, I've been back to visit Malta, mm-hmm. um, but I don't belong. I don't speak the language. I don't have the same memories. I don't have the same cultural center as my aunties and my uncles. Yeah. <clears throat> but I don't actually belong here either. This, this is home for my parents. They chose to make this their home. I didn't get a say in the matter. Um, um, internally, um, uh, I, I know that I'm different. I know that culturally I'm different. Um, externally, as I mentioned, it depends. Um, it depends whether or not people pick up on some of the, yeah, yeah. you know, the, the cultural stuff and they're like, oh, you're not, you know, <laughs> um, you seem a little bit different, you know, you're not sort of quiet from around here. Um, and the experience of not belonging anywhere is not too dissimilar to when Christians go on a mission trip, um, when they go into a cross-cultural situation, you go into um, a heightened state of alert. You're mm-hmm. looking, you know, because, you know, somebody might be, uh, you know, using a particular thing or engaged in something that seems familiar to you, but there are differences and yeah. you don't know what the differences are. So you watch and you observe your, your, your kind of your, your, your observation faculties and your meaning making faculties are on high alert. You're trying to make sense of what's going on. And I was reflecting in this paper. And then when I had to present it, um, I was reflecting on the fact that life as a 2.0 migrant means y- your life is, is kind of like a, a mission trip, a cross-cultural mission trip but it's a life sentence. You never get to go home. Yeah. It's not a little two week break. Yeah. Cause in, in the, the thing that staves off culture shock is that, well, eventually, you know, particularly in the short term experience, um, I'm stressed, but eventually I get to go home and then I can relax and I can, um, and, and that's, that's um, yeah. For the 2.0 migrant. Um, yeah. The, the comment I made at the conference was, um, you know, the, the, the cross cultural, mission trip is a life sentence. And I was quite taken aback when it had started, um, it started crying because I'd named their experience as well. So, um, so, you know, cause I've had a number of people say, Oh, you know, Stephen, you think really interestingly, you ask really interesting questions, but they're kind of survival skills. They're, yeah. they're things that I've had to learn how to do to figure out where I fit and where I belong. And of course, you know, questions of belonging, those are, those are the really big questions. So that's led me into all sorts of different, you know, jobs and roles yeah. and experiences. Um, sure. And I think, um, 
I, I think we pick up on this in some of the episodes that we've recorded. Um, growing up in a situation of domestic violence is uh, something as an as an older adult. Um, so I'm 49. Um, as an older adult, probably really only the last 10 years I've realised just how significant that has been, um, particularly as a parent of children and trying to think about how do you live your life in such a way that you don't um, automatically visit upon your own children, um, you know, your own, your own difficult experiences of, yeah. of home. And I guess, you know, between those two things, uh, because I don't want to say I'm interested in formation. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, it's it's like a hobby. You know, I do something else and, oh, there's this thing, formation over here, and that's that's a little bit interesting. For me, uh, formation is, um, it, it, it's kind of, it, it, like if I don't do it, I'm going to make a yeah. mess of my life and the mess of other people's lives. So it's yeah. like a, I feel like I cheat when it comes to formation. <laughs> If I don't do this, every every minute of every day, people are going to get hurt. I yeah. have a great capacity to hurt those around me, and I don't want to do that. Um, that's good. Yeah, so that that's that's a, a, a little bit about about me and where I'm coming from. Yeah, no, that's great. It's really good. How about you, mate? What what uh, what's how did you become interested in formation? Well, um, great question. Uh, probably not quite as necessarily as interesting a story as yours. So, um, oh, no, don't, don't do that. All, all I know stories I, are all though. stories are interesting. I should already know that from, from our time <laughs> together, but uh, uh, for me, I guess I got a little bit interested. I've grown up, um, country Victoria. Um, that was like where I originally was, you know, born and raised. Well, I wasn't born, but where I was raised and very much what I can remember is country Victoria. Um, and being a pastor's kid. So that's been a big part of my experience. And when I was younger, it felt like um, what formation was more, um, how many Bible verses can you know? How many minutes can you pray? And um, be nice, be kind, and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And for me, I kind of got introduced to that maybe it was something more, through my studies. So, but even that was a little bit of a joke, if I'm honest. So Stephen, you and I met in 2010, the year after I graduated uh, high school. So I'm 29. And um, that was the year when, when I was doing year in the sun, where I first kind of got introduced to this kind of idea of formation. We talked about a few things like um, Enneagram. Ten years. I feel like I've known you for twenty or thirty. Oh, I know. Well, I just—I'm not that old. You'd have to have met me at nine, and that—I don't know if that would have been a great experience. But yeah, um, and, and weird. Yeah, and weird too. Yeah, you're right. Um, but yeah, so like that's kind of when I first got introduced to it. But where I really dove into it was um, out of that year. Felt the call to ministry, and um, had to do these these. Um, subjects called spiritual formation with ACOM. Now be careful because John Robinson is listening to these episodes. Yeah, that's fine. I'm going to tell John exactly what I thought um, of it. Um, so my first year, I remember rocking up to this retreat and being told I have to get into a room with a bunch of people I've never met before 
and tell them my life story and I have to listen to theirs too. Now, 19-year-old <laughs> Ben, one, didn't want to share his story, but two, probably didn't really care what other people's stories were either. It's like, I'm never going to see these people after this 12 months. Why do I have to listen to their story? Um, and the first year was, was a little bit interesting. I just wasn't fully engaged with it, but um, got some value out of it. And then the second year, I was a, little, a couple of years older, so a little bit more mature, a little bit more prepared for what was about to happen. Had an all boys group, which the year before I'd had a bit of a mixed gender group, which I think probably was a bit of a dynamic for me, trying to figure that out. Um, the all boys group was just like, okay, it's a little bit safer. We did some stuff, had some good guys in the group. And the final year, um, I, you were my formation director. I'm sorry I, about that. No, it was great. <laughs> It was great. It probably worked the best because I knew you. So we had like pre-existing relationship, all that sort of stuff. And anyway, and that year was the year I was just like, this is the last year of it. I've kind of enjoyed what I got now, but I want to see what it's all about. And I'm just going, I don't know the saying, just all in. And I just went for gold. And um, You sure did, mate. Yeah, that was, that was um, the best year in terms of that sort of stuff. And I realized the intense and immense value of formation. And so since then, kind of my journey has been, how do you do formation when you don't have a facilitated 12-month course um, mm. where you're forced, forced into it, but also invited into it in a way? Um, but when you're actually out and about trying to find people who are up for going deep and doing that similar journey is hard to find. And so um, for me, that's, that's a little bit about you know, my journey and all of this sort of stuff, how I got into it, mm. what I'm kind of in now, like I'm still in ministry and trying to find um, the journey of formation while, you know, trying to also be involved in church and do church and all that sort of stuff um, can be difficult sometimes. So yeah, that's, that's a little bit of my journey. And I guess that's also a little bit about how we got connected, you know, mm. few, few meetings over the years, but what year was that? It would have been 2000 and, 14 2015 i think it was that was our year of spiritual formation together so mm. that was probably the year we we really started to connect and and journeyed a little bit more closely together which was great i loved it mm. i still remember one session that and this is a sorry a little random tangent but the importance of formation i still remember this one um session where we we met at one of the um, guys houses and you did the whole um, poem about um, out beyond ideas of right doing and wrong doing. There's a field. I'll meet you there. And we just mm. had to like sit and reflect on that and <laughs> not judge ourselves. And it was the best because one of the boys kept like judging himself. He's like, oh, I felt like this, but that was probably dumb. And you're like, stop judging yourself. Stop judging yourself. Stop judging yourself. Just like over and over again. Um, I still remember that. I still remember that whole couple of hours because it was, it was so crazy. It just really like, it did a number on me just sitting there, sitting with that yeah. statement. Yeah. I, I, see, my recollection of that night was very different. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> I remember I read it and then I read it again and like, like I just kept reading it. And I remember one fella in particular who <laughs> shall remain nameless, yes. like looked, looked at you guys and then looked at me with this look on his face. Like, is he broken? Like, is, is he an idiot? Like, he's just... He's just reading the same poem again and again. Yeah. And then I think, I think you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. 
and then he actually said, like, what, what, what the hell are you doing? Like, you're just repeating <laughs> this poem. That's right. <laughs> like, this is stupid. Yeah. And then, and then as, we, as we interacted with it, because it was a, a Rumi poem. Yeah. That, uh, the, the Arabic poet. And, um, and I remember at the end of the night, he kind of had this, because it was his house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I remember at the end of the night, he kind of had this, I, 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 I kind of have a hint of what you're doing here, but it's still stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and then was... of course, and then of course, you know, years later, um, he looked me up, and 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 this is probably, um, this is the bit I love about teaching the most when people look me up when the class is finished. Um, you know, because when the class is finished, I think that's really when the lessons begin. Mm. And he, he looked me up years later and said, look, I think I think I actually am starting to understand what happened. <laughs> uh, and um, and again, yeah, we caught up just recently, just a, a few weeks ago before um, before lockdown began. And uh, yeah, and, and he said, I, I, I think I, I'm kind of starting to understand what happened five years ago and I'm ready. I'm ready for this. Um, wow, that's awesome. We can we can work on some of this together. So. Mm. Oh, wow. That's awesome. What a guy. Well, um, mate, that's a little bit about us and our background. Um, and you know, how we came to get connected, mate, we should probably talk a little about what we, what we have envisioned. If you're okay with the word envisioned, but I guess the idea behind, uh, this podcast and what, and really what we're trying to do through it. So you want to yeah. give a little bit of background for that? Yeah. Well, I've, um, I, I, I <laughs> I, I over the year because i've done a lot of public speaking and um and i've done a lot of teaching um and when i you know particularly um the year in the sun course and also um the next course that runs out of whitley now um we've probably got close to maybe five or six hundred alumni um, probably more than that now, I think. Yeah. Wow. And, um, and again, uh, you know, the, the number of people who contact me years later and say, look, I, I think, you know, something that we talked about all of those years ago, um, I think I'm starting to get it, you know, particularly as, because I mean, those, those programs, uh, I'm doing that thing with my fingers, you know, gap year yeah, programs. Gap year. Um, so the people who do it tend to be quite young. We do have some um, uh, some older people occasionally. Uh, it's not really until you go out and you and you really make a hash of something, where you where you go out and you really make a hash of a relationship, or you make a hash of a, a, a an opportunity, and then you know, with great gratitude, I say it's often in those moments, people remember, they go back to the content and the conversation and they go, ah, this is that. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it, it didn't quite make sense, but it's starting to make sense now. I remember one fella um, who, who did Year in the Sun many years ago. And I remember one Wednesday morning, because that was the morning that I would teach the class at um, Year in the Sun. 
I said to him, I, you know, have you got anything on today? And he said, no. And I said, oh, do you want to come with me? And uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be doing my lecture here, here in the sun. And he said, sure. So we, I remember we drove over and he said, oh, you know, what's, what's the subject matter today? And I explained what it was. And then we, uh, you know, he sort of sat in the back of the lecture room and I gave this lecture and he'd heard it like six or seven years before. Yeah. And I remember driving home from that and him saying in the car, he said, he said, I thought I got it then, but I, I had no idea when I, when I think about it. Um, and he said, thinking about it now, he said, I think I'm, I'm actually starting to get it. I think I'm starting to understand what you were talking about. And um, yeah, he since, um, like he, he, he got his life together in a pretty, pretty good solid way. Um, he's got a beautiful partner now and, and, and some wonderful children. And um, we, we're quite close. And, uh, and I think it's, you know, 10 or 15 years since his year in the sun experience. Yeah, wow. And he's like, I, I get it. Like, I think I'm, I'm, I'm getting this stuff and I'm getting how important it is. Not getting it like, because formation, it's not about being smart. Do you know what I mean? It's not about yeah. um, having academic smarts. If anything, it's about being bloody minded. <laughs> you yeah. just, you just keep coming back again and again. Um, and, you know, often we'll talk on, on the phone, um, but he, you know, he would say things like, I'd really like to um, not, not relive the lecture, like, I don't want to go back there, but I want to have a conversation about that stuff because I'm starting to see different dimensions of it. Yeah. Um, and so I'd often direct people to my blog and I try to, I try to be disciplined about writing something once a week on my blog. And then, you know, I toyed with the idea of um, <clears throat> turning that, that, uh, that blog into a podcast. Um, and and then when I started at um, at Next, uh, I had a number of students saying, you know, well, where's your book? And, yeah. <laughs> and and what I, you know, what I would say out loud is I would say I don't I don't have a book. Um, and what I would say internally is why why would anyone be interested in you know buying, let alone reading a book that I wrote? And that's not the false humility thing. <laughs> Yeah, yes. Yeah. I have, you know, I, I have had for most of my life a really well developed um, inferiority complex. I used to, I used yeah, to congratulations on that. <laughs> <laughs> I used to joke with people. I'd say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty well balanced. I've got a chip on both shoulders. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but um, you know, for all sorts of reasons, you know, we, we, we talk quite a bit about the Enneagram and my being a one you know, we kind of have this instinctive sense of inferiority, you know, being a working class kid growing up in a working class home, yeah. uh, you know, being a migrant, uh, I've got a really well-developed sense of uh, inferiority. And that's, so, so that it, it legitimately comes from that place. You know, why would anyone be interested in, in reading anything um, I would write? Um, and, uh, and I, I kept, thinking about this idea of a podcast because you know particularly um my students from uh whitley they're like yeah you should do a podcast i'd love to listen to you know you talking about stuff um so i kind of was always entertaining this idea and then when it kind of there was a, a situation i think it might have been a year or two years ago where i thought okay maybe this is the time to, mm. to do a podcast 
you were actually one of the first people I thought of. And I thought, what? <laughs> Why? Yeah. It was just a hunch. Um, yeah. And I, 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 to this, well, not, not to this day, maybe to, till, till a day about a month ago, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I was wondering why, you know, what, what was in that hunch? Um, and then, of course, you know, working with you the last four weeks, I'm like, oh, this makes so much sense. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, it's been great. Working with you. But, yeah, a couple of uh, – I, I can't remember. When, when I first sent you that email um, all that time ago um, and saying, hey, you know, would you be interested in, in doing a podcast? Um, and then for all sorts of reasons, you know, you were kind of busy, I was kind of busy. Uh, it, didn't, it never quite seemed to be the right time. Yeah, so part of it is is – not necessarily wanting to revisit four people, you know, for, for alumni, um, as it were, what we covered, but talking about it again, um, yeah, a second time and then a third time and then a fourth time. And then of course, you know, when we, when we chatted most recently about getting a podcast off the ground and, uh, I, I yeah, I, I'm kind of going on a, on a, on a tangent here. Um, Go for it. Let's do it. I don't know if you know a fellow by the name of Greg Morris, based here in Melbourne. He was no. involved with Praxis. He ran Praxis here in Melbourne. Um, a, a little while ago now, he posted something on social media, and it was just a quote. It said, be who you needed when you were young. Yeah, I've heard that quote before. It's great. Yeah, as as a youth worker, you know, be who you needed when you were young. And I just think, oh, man, um, you know, in, in some respects, I needed a whole lot of things. And and um, and I think about the kind of person that I needed. And I, and I think about those really critical moments in my life when there wasn't somebody there. Yeah. And, um, and, and making... <laughs> <laughs> you know, in, in those moments, making a promise to God, you know, God, if there's anything I can do to prevent people from having to experience what I'm experiencing, which is trying to navigate some of this stuff on my own. Yeah. You know, God, if there's anything I can do to prevent that from happening, I'll, I'll kind of put my hand up and just finding myself time and again in a situation and, um, and, hearing this kind of humorous invitation from God, well, here's an opportunity. Yeah. You know, do you want to, do you want to give this a crack? Um, I remember, I remember um, going to do a lecture at year in the sun and I got there early and I was sitting in Rowan's office because remember Rowan's office was right next door to the, the lecture yeah. space. Yeah. To the actual space. And, uh, and there was a class going on. I, I was going to be the next lecturer and, Rowan said to me, you know, how are you going? And, you know, being, being Maltese, um, it took me until I was about 14 or 15 years of age to realise in Australia when somebody says, how are you going? The correct answer is, good, thank you. How are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Up until then, because in our culture, when someone said, how are you going? They actually wanted to know. You yeah. Know, right down to, you know, t- to this day, I-, I try hard not to do this, but to this day, you know, if we're sitting in, in the lounge room watching, watching something on, on TV together. I'm like, you know, can you, can you pause the show because I need to do a poo? Mm. And my, you know, and my, my partner's like, who's Australian. She's like, that's you know, too much information. Yeah. 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 
but that's those are the kinds of conversations you'd have as a migrant child you know how are you going oh good you know they'd ask you hey you know you're healthy what's you know what, what does your poo look like these days yeah yeah um and i remember rowan asking me how are you going and i said not well and um we just had our first child he was quite young and and i was terrorized by you know do i have what it takes to be the kind of dad that this little human being needs yeah wow and and how do i how do i not do what i saw my parents do mm. um, not not all of the good things that they did but the bad things that that they did yeah. and of course when you have a child you're sleep deprived you're really tired your capacity to um you know, to, to, to constrain and restrain yourself is, is really put to the test. And it got to the point where um, I, I went off to see the psychologist again. He's a, he's a great psychologist I've had over the years. And just really having to confront some pretty ugly things about myself. And I remember sharing that with Rowan. And, um, and Rowan, as you know, kind of, you know, he sort of gently leans back in his chair and he tilts his head, you know, to the side. And he, and he has that loving grin, not that cheeky, but that 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 that, yeah. that grin of genuine love, and he and he says, "You should share that with the students." And 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 I swore at him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he said, he said, "No, I think you really should." And I think I may even have swore at him again. <laughs> yeah, my my dad was a waterside worker. For my th my threshold for what is and is not swearing is different than, <laughs> yeah. than most people. I could imagine. <laughs> and and. The way in which you describe your fears and the way in which you describe your anxieties he said yes you know the circumstances of your childhood were dramatic compared to most of the people in that room you know and he sort of points you know yeah. to, the, to the students he said but the dynamics are the same you know the the, the 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 feelings of fear the feelings of rejection trying to you know trying to figure out how can i how can I leave the world in a better place than yeah. in which I found it? He said, the dynamics are the same. He said, the circumstances are radically different. He said, but the dynamics are the same. He said, I, I, I'd really encourage you to consider going in there and, and just sharing with the, with the kids what you, you know, what you shared with me. And I did, I threw out my lesson plan and I just sort of spoke to where I was at. And that's really kind of where it began. But it, it grew out of this sense of, you know, time and again, being involved in youth ministry. Um, it just you know, bumping into, you know, young people and, and just thinking, here's my opportunity to be what I needed when I, when yeah. I was young, which, which is challenging because it, I mean, and I want to, I want to say this really carefully, but sometimes um, it, it seems to me that youth ministry actually makes it really difficult for us to be use, useful. <laughs> Um, it, you know, you, you mentioned earlier formation was, you know, how much Bible have you, yeah. you, you memorized? And I, I'm a big, like I have an app on my phone to help me memorize. Yeah. Um, Same, still important. Yeah. But, but I think for very different reasons, <laughs> um, you know, how, how, um, you know, how, how much and how often do we pray? And I think, I think I mentioned this in one of our episodes, I set an alarm to remind myself, to pray because if i don't i know i will hurt people you know if i don't still myself and remind myself yeah. you know that i'm a human being um who bears the image of god and i'm under construction and everyone i encounter is exactly the same we're all in the same boat 
if I yeah, don't stop good. and remind myself, I'm going to hurt people. So, yeah. so in, in some respects, you know, memorizing sacred texts and making time to pray, they are important, but for all different sorts of reasons. Um, and so having, you know, lots of interactions with people, with, you know, with students and then former students over the years, and then them saying, I'd love to know how to, um, I'd, I'd love to be able to continue this conversation in some form. Um, yeah. It's kind of led us to this moment, led us to this, um, this idea of having a podcast and, and talking about formation and formation experiences. That was a very long winded way of answering yeah, that question, mate. But I think it was, um, I think it was helpful because it is that for me, it's a, the similar reason when you, um, sent that email being like, Hey, would you like to be involved? And we've, you know, done the journey and finally gotten here. It was a similar thing for me of going, um, you know, I'm trying to figure out who I am at that stage. I was still relatively newly married and, um, you know, and you wanted to stay that way. Correct. Exactly. <laughs> right. And at the same time, I was already beginning to be confronted with just, you know, how, how deeply ingrained selfishness was in my life or how tied to my own thoughts and opinions and getting my way I was, which was fine when I was single because <laughs> I only had to worry about myself. Um, and even when you're dating, it's different, but all of a sudden I was just being confronted with this and, and, you know, stepping into a new work context at the time as well. I was being faced with a whole bunch of questions about who I was and how um, I was made up. And so for me, there was this part of like, actually, I think these conversations are important to have and look, I've said it multiple times and I'll say it again. If this is, if there's just a little bit of selfishness in this, I'm, I'm also glad that I get to be a part of these conversations for my own benefit in that sort of sense. And I think um, sometimes having the conversation is actually part of, um, part of figuring it all out, just getting it out there, trying to discuss it actually helps us um, be better formed. And so hopefully while people are listening to, I guess, our conversations and us unpacking um, some different topics, mm. that it'll be, it'll be helpful for them. Maybe it'll put some words to some of the things that they're thinking about mm. uh, and struggling with. And so, yeah, I mean, we, we discuss a whole bunch of different stuff um, on this podcast. Like we're going to be looking at things like rest and um, recreation. We're going to be looking at um, a whole bunch of... Um, different topics around, you know, digital discipleship. What does that look like these days? Spiritual disciplines, personal re renewal, all that sort of stuff, um, which I think are important parts of the formation. And um, hopefully, well, I found them really life-giving. Like I've really enjoyed just coming out of uh, some of our recordings and going, wow, that was really beneficial for me. And mm -hmm. so I'm just hoping that people listening will have similar um, experiences and engagement uh, with what we what we recorded and, and the conversations that we're having i remember years ago um you know sort of coming back to that inferiority thing i remember and i might have told you this story a few years ago i shared an office with a married couple so we actually we all shared the same job there's three of us yeah and um and it was a little office and we decided we were going to move some things around and as we were moving the desks around there was a piece of paper that had fallen behind the desk and it must have been behind that desk for years and, uh, and my colleague, he picked up um, this piece of paper from behind the desk and he, and he gave it to me and he said, what do you reckon? And I read it and I said, oh, this is like, this is gold. And he started giggling. 
And I said, what? And he said, are you serious? And I said, what? I'm not quite sure what, I'm not sure I understand what's happening. Here. Yeah. I'm sure I'm following what's going on. And he said, you wrote that. <laughs> he said, you wrote that a few years ago. And it was fascinating because I read this thing and I thought, this is really, this is good. But then as soon as he said, oh, I'd written it, and I'm like, oh, it's not that good. I, that, that thing you do yeah. in your head right away. And, uh, and I, yeah, I, I think thinking, you know, when, when I think in that way about, um, you know, what I'm capable of producing, it actually, it, it's unfair to other people. It does a disservice to others because, you know, a story that I might've told or a theory that I might've shared or something that's so meaningful to somebody else to, to, to talk it down. Yeah. Um, amongst all of the other things you do when you do that, um, you're actually, um, you're talking that person and their experience with, you know, of that interaction, of that experience. You're talking that down yeah. as well. Um, so, um, yeah, so, so and, and I'll say that because I was reading through, because, you know, we've been, this week's been doing all of the, the, the sort of the technical detailed work of putting the podcast together. Yeah. And I've been reading what you've written about the, the, the episodes that we've already recorded. And, yeah. and I've been reading it going, wow, that, that actually sounds really interesting. Yeah. And I've, I've forgotten what we've talked about. Um, you obviously yeah. haven't because you're kind of, you know, you're doing the technical. I just do it straight um, after because it's fresh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think, actually, yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have described what we just did in that way, but that's a really good description. And, and I suspect that, other people just reading that description might find that yeah. helpful and interesting. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. So it should be good. But hey, mate, we should, uh, we should wrap up for today um, for this little podcast episode. Um, mm. But yeah, I would just encourage anyone who's checking, checking this out, um, you should be able to find in the show notes some ways that you can connect with us um, we'd love for this to be as helpful as possible for you. So if you've got questions, um, there'll be an email that you can, uh, send an email to uh, with questions. You can leave us voicemail messages on, um, the anchor app, which is really simple to use as well. Um, but if you know us personally, you can reach out to us that way too, but we would love to connect with you guys and continue to make this, um, the podcast where we're discussing things that are really helping uh, you because probably what you're going through and what you're trying to wrestle through is actually something that um, many people are probably also trying to figure out. And so your question could actually be um, a really helpful thing uh, for us to discuss, not just for you, but for many others. So we'd love for you guys to yeah engage with us that way. But otherwise, Stephen, I think we call it, call it a day for our podcast episode zero. I think we're calling it. So um, mm. yeah. Zero. Hopefully you guys have got a bit of the heart and the vision behind what we're uh, trying to do, but also hopefully you feel like you, you understand us and, and um, who we are and our passion uh, for this mm. subject. But other than that, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for listening. Yeah, um, thank you. Yeah, and that's it. So we'll catch you guys later and hopefully you get excited to listen to episode one coming out shortly. So see mm. you guys.